Overworked, a podcast. Bold storytelling. Balanced lives. Brighter futures. Welcome to Overworked with myself, Mosmi, Challen, Caitlin, and Jill. Today we're discussing a topic that should always be top of mind, but sometimes as women, we forget to prioritize it. And that thing we forget to prioritize is ourselves. Sometimes as we're just juggling all of life's different priorities, it becomes hard to remember to put ourselves first. Later in the episode, we will also be talking with Grace DeRosha. She is a registered dietitian and nutrition expert. She manages it all, working, motherhood, health, nutrition, fitness, and even makes time to volunteer in her community. So excited to welcome her. So let's talk a little bit about the importance of self-care. And I think what's happened, especially during this pandemic, and I mean, you know, when you think about self-care, a lot of people think about bubble baths and, you know, watching Real Housewives, but self-care is so much more than just that. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics actually reported that 2.5 million women left their jobs since the start of the pandemic to take care of new responsibilities at home. I feel like there was an old mindset back in the day where people thought self-care is selfish and you need to put yourself, you know, almost last and put others first because that was the right thing to do. And part of that was also over glamorizing, um, you know, the I'm busy. Oh, I'm so busy. I only slept four hours. I'm so busy. I skipped lunch. But I think we need to start not over calendaring ourselves, not over planning and living a life that resonates more with balance. So Challen, what have you been doing to help you achieve that balance? Or, you know, you and I talk a lot about intentions. Are there any intentions you've set to kind of help with that? I mean, in our, you know, way back in January, when we started talking about intention setting for 2021, coming out of a rough year in 2020, uh, my main intention, which sounds so simple, but I can promise you it has not been, is to move for 30 minutes a day. And I know that that sounds so, you know, put it on your calendar, just pop outside. Um, but it hasn't been that easy, um, to make time to do that, you know, between weather and life, but it has been life-saving. I, I do move for 30 minutes every day and I didn't think that it would be so important, but I've made it, um, one of those things that I look forward to now. It's either, you know, I hop on the bike or I take my dog for a walk or, um, I just do some yoga and, as simple as it is, it has been so great for my mental health, so great for my physical health. I feel more flexible. I come back to work, you know, working online, of course, feeling re-energized and ready to go. If I had a bad meeting or a bad conversation or I got bad news, I go do something physical for 30 minutes and I come back and I'm like a whole new woman. So I absolutely believe um, that that intention has made 2021, which we're already in April now, um, so much better for me. How about you? Yeah, I think, you know, you and I joined the Peloton cult, I think, around the same time. So, yeah, love that. Um, I think being cooped up at home when you're not necessarily walking to the office anymore, it's great to get physical. For me, it was a little bit more of a mental, spiritual practice. I find that, you know, they have that joke where you have a lot of tabs open in your mind, just like Internet Explorer, Google Chrome or whatever. That is my mind at all times. So I needed to start being a little bit more mindful 
Um, so I've added a meditation practice every morning. And there are days where I don't feel like necessarily meditating for five minutes, but I'll just sit there quietly and think about what I'm thankful for. And I feel like that grounds me um, and makes me a lot more, I would say a lot more calm throughout the day and be able to handle whatever comes at me um, with grace. Um, hopefully other people think I'm handling things gracefully, but yes, I, I feel like I'm doing better. So. so yeah, I think that has been part of my intention. I love it. and. I think it gets back to your point of um, not over calendaring. And I mean, maybe in this instance, putting it on your calendar at the time to do meditation or to physically move your body um, is definitely a good practice. But the whole glamorization of being busy. And I remember when I was younger at work being like, it was a badge of honor to take my lunch at my desk. And it was a badge of honor to have back-to-back client meetings and you know, all of those things that now I'm like, it is a badge of honor to sit down for lunch and disconnect for a minute to be able to set those boundaries and feel confident in the work that I've done when I am productive to be able to say like, no, I need this minute for myself. I deserve this. Um, I think the lines between work and home um, have definitely blurred um, just definitely with the pandemic, but also just you know, since our careers probably started, you know, 15 years ago, just being connected all the time, having your cell phone all the time. And so taking a minute to say, this is where I'm going to set my boundaries, whether it's lunch or movement, um, is a great way to stop perpetuating that glamorization of being busy. So um, self-care is not a new concept. Um, I think one of the stats that we found when we were preparing for this was that over the past three years, um, that that term has been Googled more than ever before. And I think to your point, self-care is not just a bubble bath. It's making sure that you're doing what's right for you and your family um, and your friend group. So I'm really excited to speak with Grace today. I've heard her talk in the past and I, first of all, I just find you so entertaining. I'm so excited to have you. Um, But also your expertise is so critical in this space. I'm so excited. Grace, do you want to give just a few words about your background and what you're excited to chat about today? Yes. Well, thank you, first of all, for having me. Um, I'm so excited to be here. I think that we're tackling a lot of interesting topics today and you guys have with this podcast already. Can't wait to see what's to come and so glad to be a part of it. Um, So my name is Grace DeRosha. I am a registered dietitian. My specialty is in diabetes, and I am in Michigan. I grew up here. I was born and raised here. I'm Filipino-American, so like from immigrants to here. And it definitely puts perspective on a lot of things that when I'm thinking about self-care and self-love and what's considered healthy or not. What else? I went to Michigan State, go green. Um, I got a bachelor's degree there, or two, actually, one in psychology and one in dietetics. And then I got my MBA at Wayne State, which is in Detroit, Michigan. So I'd like to say all of those things to kind of give you an idea of like your expertise, right? And your education. I've been a dietitian for over 20 years. That's I just said that out loud. There it is. So I do have some definite experience when it comes to Um, helping people focus on food and nutrition and how it can help best serve them and their bodies for both their physical and mental health. 
I say all that to say, I think the more important part of my non-resume, and I think everyone should do this, is to remind people that you're human. So I am a wife. I'm a mom of two. I have an eight-year-old daughter and I have a six-year-old son. They're the same height. Everyone thinks they're twins. I'm a doggy mom. I am a daughter. I'm a sister. I'm a friend. Um, I love dance. I love to cook. So I think I say those things to say that to remember that you are a human being first and not just a person that works. And you should share that with people so that they can tap into who you are a little bit more. I love that, Grace. I think you're so right. Um, And in that, how would you define the concept of self-love? Because, you know, as Challen mentioned, so many people are Googling it. And the things that come up in the self-love checklist that I see are things like, you know, bubble bath, drink a glass of wine. But I feel like it's so much more than that. Like those things are great. I love a good bubble bath with a glass of wine, you know, combine it together and it's awesome. (laughs) But, you know, what really is self-love and, and, and how do we start, you know, activating that? Yeah. So it's funny because I used to, it took me a long time to come around to like the whole self-care thing. And I'll tell you why, not because I don't think it's important because it almost felt like another thing I had to put on my to-do list. Like that if I didn't self-care, then I didn't self-love. And I, so it took me a second to like, again, offer self, myself grace. I love to use my name all the time in these things and to offer others grace to know that it doesn't have to be another thing you have to put on your to-do list because that, that baby's full, you know, and self-love could be something like, um, a couple affirmations in the morning in the mirror. I love a good affirmation. My daughter kills it at affirmations. She's eight and she schools the world with affirmations. Um, it could be literally staying hydrated. And I know I'm a dietitian, so a lot of these might end up being skewed nutritionally, but I think to remember that you love your body and want to thank it by nourishing it with water, with healthy, nutrient-dense food um, is something that is very simple, but very hard. That's why I'm a dietitian and that's why I get to help people with that because it is a, a hard concept to wrap your mind around uh, consistently and constantly. I've had patients tell me before it was harder to stop drugs, smoking and alcohol because I got to cut it out. But with eating and food, there is such a weird ebb and flow with which is a whole nother. That's a whole nother right podcast topic um, and that relationship with food and our body and appreciating how to nourish it appropriately. So long winded way to answer self-love. I think it could be illustrated in a number of different ways. And I think you can find the best way for you. And it doesn't have to feel like something that is such a hard to do that feels like almost like another sense of overwhelm. Right. I love that. And you reminded me of a meme that I've seen recently and it may have been like female led or I can't remember, or maybe the female quotient. Um, but it was, um, this mom talking about her daughter who was like, my legs are too strong for these pants. I need to size up. And I was like, yes, I love that perspective. And it made me think of your daughter as well. Like when you're young, you don't think of like, man, I need to be thinner or toned or got to work out so that I can be healthier or I've got to work out so I can be skinny instead of healthy. Um, And so I think you're totally spot on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've seen that too. And I love that. And I feel like that changes too, as 
as you engage in like these self-love moments and as you grow, because I know, oh, full God, it's coming out full disclosure. Like, I feel like when I was younger, all of my potential like healthy choices did revolve around aesthetically what I could potentially look like. If only I knew then what I know now. (laughs) Don't we all wish that for ourselves, our younger selves? (laughs) And also like, what was I so mad about? I was like strong and fit then too. And, and now it's different now. Like I think about my health and being here in the long run for the nuggets and, you know, and like feeling good and knowing that I'm taking care of my body. Like I never thought about feeling like how I feel like when I eat healthier, when I exercise then, whenever then it was, it could be a lot of different ages and times or even presently for people today compared to now, um, how I feel when I nourish my body, when I rest, rest is also productive. Don't forget that. That's my favorite thing. I, I love sleeping. I was just telling my friends, I, I went to bed last night at 930, like a grandmother. <laughs> it was the best thing ever. Um, but I, I like what you said there a lot. And I think that the way I know the way I've talked about taking care of myself has changed because of my knees. Um, and one of the things I said to her, she asked me, you know, why I was exercising so much. And I said to be skinny. And then I realized that that was sending such a wrong message. So then I was like, actually, I exercise to be healthy. And when I feel healthy, I feel better. And then she was like, oh, okay, I get it now. And it was just such a simple thing. But as it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, wait, what are you telling this little girl? Like, you know, it's not about skinny. It's about being healthy. So, you know, I feel like sometimes those words are so tied into our psyche because of all the images we get in the media. And, you know, you know, you see a lot about body positivity these days, but can something as simple as like having the right diet, eating right, really help your mental health as well when you're spread too thin? Yes, for sure. So it's funny, whenever I talk about um, nutrition and food and diet with mental health, it, it seems very simple. But there are real things. So the first thing I would say is that when you practice mindfulness or intuitive eating, one, you're more in tune with your body. So you know when you're full versus when you're hungry. So this uh, the notion of like diets or fad diets can like get pushed aside as you progress towards like really being in tune. And then there's there's things that there's knowledge and education and you can get that anywhere now. Don't get me started on that. Um, (laughs) there's so much information out there though, that it can be very confusing. But the next step is like taking some things that you know, that are good for you, like drinking water, like it's such a simple thing or having some fruits and vegetables and then application of that. Because if you know it, but you don't do it, then you're not doing it. And then the accountability and the accountability can be from yourself, um, tuning in, Part of that can be journaling to like really start to know, like, how do certain foods make me feel or how do certain foods make me feel like not so good (laughs) both ways. Right. Um, And then simple things like I when I give this stat out or this information out. So we have probiotics, which are good bacteria in our system and we need those. Right. They're good for our gut health. They're good for our immunity. But also our gut actually produces 90 percent of the serotonin in our body. And serotonin is the happy hormone. 
that we have that we make. A lot of people don't know that, or maybe they do know it now, or they, they're starting to hear it because probiotics and prebiotics are a, a thing now too. But the fact that you can make that by, think about the people that you know that eat healthier. I feel, I feel like um, Elle Woods, like talking about exercise and endorphins, but like same thing with the people that nourish their bodies a little bit more, like those are happy people. Those most of the time are pretty happy people. I think I'm pretty happy. But like thinking about that, just that simple fact that that serotonin, 90% of it is made right here in your body, in your system, in your gut by what you eat is huge. That can make that adjustment naturally within your mental health or different states with mood disorders help you so much. Yeah, that I was actually thinking of the Elle Woods quote, <laughs> happy people don't kill people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's so true. If you're healthy and you're eating right and you're sleeping right, um, all of those things contribute to just being more balanced, right? Yeah. Um, and I think Moss was was getting to this too. I think working from home and the blurred lines and trying to find a way to um, you know, separate those things in your life and to separate the stress that comes from work or comes from other things that you can't really get away from anymore. Um, do you have any insight into how stress affects your mental and your physical health? I mean, I know when I'm stressed, the last thing I want to do is get on my Peloton and do a workout. And sometimes I'll force myself to do it. And I'm like, oh man, I actually do feel a lot better. Getting that motivation to eat right or move my body is so hard when you're stressed. Yes. But it doesn't mean you can't have chocolate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Next time I want to cook, I'm going to like, great stuff. I can have it. <laughs> Like we want to eat chocolate when we're stressed, right? But I agree that Peloton is a better solution. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I think, again, offering yourself grace in those moments when you do want your treat food, that's okay too, because you, if you don't, you're going to th be thinking about it all the time. Um, so, okay. To unpack some of that, physically with stress, there are things that happen. Your blood pressure rises your hormones like are less balanced and you can then carry cortisol. So we have cortisol, which is a hormone in our body. We have it naturally in our body, no matter what. What happens is that when we're stressed, we have this overlying um, amount of cortisol that just lives in our body when usually there's a natural ebb and flow to that. When those cortisol levels run higher, one, it's harder to lose weight if you want to lose weight. Two, you usually start to carry more visceral fat in the abdomen, which then can lead to, we know research shows, and I'm not talking about being fat, but I'm talking about like visceral fat from cortisol, from stress. And with that, we know that it increases risk for chronic conditions, hypertension, high blood pressure, heart disease, arthrosclerosis. Woo, that one's a hard one to say. Basically just means like hardening of the arteries where plaque is building up in the artery walls. Diabetes. So we know that with the stress that we hold or carry, there are impacts on our physical health, our mental health too. We are, if we are carrying stress, not sleeping enough, not eating a well-balanced diet, we're less focused, we have less energy. And then it kind of is like, like you were mentioning, Charles, like that downward domino effect spiral of what that feels like and what that looks like. And then how we try to come out of it with different rewards and treats 
that we might put in the self-care category, which could be, but then it becomes an abundance. You know, it's not always that it's not that you can't ever have any, anything really. It's really about how much and how often to balance that nutritional status out in the body. It makes so much sense. And it's so hard when you're in the moment though, when you're trying to make the best choice. And um, I really do believe in accountability buddies. I know there are all these things that are like, you know, if you did a workout at 5 a.m., you don't have to tell me. Um, You can still do that workout without telling people. But I think there is this level of pride that you get from, you know, sharing this little piece of motivation with the world and having maybe you need to do a one on one sometimes. (laughs) Like You don't need to post it on your story every day. Um, But just being able to give yourself a little pat on the back goes a long way for keeping that motivation and making the right decisions. Right. Well, like uh, Moss bringing up grace, like I don't, if you want to post it on your story every day, that's your story. So do it. If that's going to keep you accountable, like haters can hate, like hate on me. I don't care. Like I at least got my stuff done this morning, whatever it might, you know, that sounded really rude, but no, it's true. But like, do you like my Brené Brown's going to come out like the whole shame game. I'm like, I hate that. I just made that noise. Yep. And like the whole, yeah. And like being to being able to offer yourself and others grace. And also it's your social media. You do what you want with it. I, you know, and the people that have judgment there, like let them carry the weight of it. Not you. Yeah. That's a good point with social media for sure. Ma, sorry, you were going to say something. No, I I was just going to say that I agree with you ladies. I think that we get so busy and, and it's unique for everyone, right? Like some people really like to work out all day, you know, and that that's their thing. For me, like if I don't feel like working out one day and, and I had to learn this, but this past year, you know, I try to work like to work out five days a week. And, you know, honestly this year it's been more like four and I've had to give myself that. All right, if you miss a day, you're gonna be fine. You're not gonna become like drastically unhealthier because you're missing a day, right? And I try to change it because I, I typically like to do pretty high cardio stuff yeah. like Peloton or a run or something like that. But sometimes I've realized like it's okay to do something maybe that's a little bit more low impact like yoga or or you know even just do like a guided meditation. And I know that might not be quote unquote physical exercise but it's still 30 minutes that I'm spending with myself to do something for myself. Um, And that's kind of how I started to see self-care a little bit more. It's not, you know, like you said, Grace, if I want to eat chocolate, I can eat that chocolate. Um, But it's just making sure that I'm balancing all of it and not only just eating chocolate. Yeah. And I think over time and different points in your life, what it means to be physically active or what it means to self-care changes. Um, I, you know, Grace mentioned she has two kids. I'm pregnant with my first ever, everyone who listens knows that. Um, and that in itself is a journey for me for, you know, how I'm experiencing time (laughs) and sleep. I sleep so much more now, um, which it feels like I don't, but I do. I could have been at 930 every night. (laughs) Save, save up those, those Z's girl. Cause you're going to need them. <laughs> um, but I found like being pregnant, I'm, I'm now um, almost 32 weeks. If I don't get that sleep, I am totally zonked the next day. Like things I'm learning about myself. I used to be able to do five hours of sleep and now I'm like, Oh no, I need a solid eight or, you know, I'm not even sending an email in the morning. <laughs> don't even expect it. 
Um, and so, yeah, I think as you go through life, college, you're obviously living on, on, uh, well, I lived on Mountain Dew, but caffeine and whatever it is you're doing in college. And that changes throughout each stage of your life. And I think just giving yourself a little bit of yeah. uh, latitude to be able to make those choices in the moment is probably best, right? Absolutely. Sorry, Grace. I was going to say that that brings up um, an interesting question. I know we're going through the pandemic and, you know, a year later, we're still kind of going through it, honestly. Um, are there groups that seem to be more affected, you know, by the imbalance that this has been creating in our lives? You know, is it working moms? Is it, you know, teenagers? What are you seeing? I might be biased and I've read stats. I don't have them all pulled for you guys, but working moms are definitely carrying a brunt of pandemic nightmare life (laughs) and what that looks like. Uh, Just, I think, trying to balance it all. I think women have lost their place in the workforce because they've had to make some hard decisions. And it's funny because you don't, Sorry, honey, but you don't hear men having to make those decisions. <laughs> I was just going to say, I doubt my husband has thought one minute about how his life is impacted from COVID. Like it's really, truly not the way that I think women really do just internalize it and think about it and think about what it means for the community. And this, I feel like that's a very female thing to do. And I don't, not that all men are not caring about their community. I'm not a man hater. Um, but I think you're right. I think that is a female thing. Yeah. I think that there is some research that shows that is that we are more nurturing naturally. So those things come into play. Yeah. I've seen that a lot. I, I do. I will say from what I've seen from Mike, I feel like kids are super resilient and I give them mad props for all the adjustments they've made in the past year and what's, you know, and moving forward and beyond. Uh, I think it's been hard. Like you think you're doing something and then it's canceled. I mean, for us as well, but I, I think like kids are more resilient than we might give them credit for. I've been super impressed with my kids, but then also like their friends and how I think this comes into like having those uh, moments where you to learn how to communicate with their children and share with them. And it has to be in the right way. And I'm not telling people how to parent, but I think it, it has helped along the way because you don't have a choice. Like, oh, dance class is canceled for the week. You're going to Zoom now. Oh, okay, you know, and then trying to explain that. And then also reminding them, like, we're doing this to help other people be safe, too. I feel like if I'm, I work full time from home, but then I also feel like I'm trying to throw a load of laundry in or throw the dishes in or try to cook. And I... I am not a man hater either. I think men are awesome. And I think my husband, my partner is awesome. And he carries a lot of the brunt of that too. But I also think that as women, if we have people that can help us, oh, I have a hard time delegating ladies. I just, I'm like, I can do it all. No, you can't, you know, and like overworked, overworked in all aspects, right? At home, at work, you can't do it all. So learn how to ask for help. That is such a great solution. And it's something that, you know, as we prep for the baby, um, I'm like, what are we gonna, how are we going to divide these things? Normally I, I plan dinner because I'm picky. (laughs) Truthfully, it's not because uh, my husband is not a good cook. It's because I'm just pickier and I have different flavor whims than he does. It takes 20 to 30 times to try something before you acquire a taste for it. <laughs> There's your dietitian reminder. Thank you. I know I'm terrible and I have to be better. <laughs> um, I still don't like kale, no matter what anyone says. I, I, I eat it, but I still really don't like it. But 
What about like in a smoothie? I will. Yeah, do yeah you? I will do a kale smoothie, but I just I don't really like chewing it. Must did you know you have to massage it or <laughs> it sit in dressing for a while? I learned that and I was like, okay, this is completely changing the texture of kale. What? So if you massage your kale, it will be more like other leafy greens and not as dense because you have to break the fibers within the kale. Kale chips, how about that one, Moss? I like kale chips, actually. Yeah, maybe I need to massage it more. I'll work on this. But I'm talking about solutions and, you know, we're, we're talking about some of them. Grace, you've already given us several, but I think something that we all struggle with, and I know I do, like one week I'll be really healthy. And then the next week something will happen. I'll have a late night or like a, you know, tough meeting. And then like the next four days I won't be. <laughs> so how do we, how do we keep holding ourselves accountable? And do you have any tips to help us? Yeah. So I want to bring on a couple of things there. One, and this kind of, kind of ties into what you said earlier, Moss, about like maybe missing a workout or doing something like out of your ordinary workout, like missing one workout or having one fun meal is not going to make or break your health for your whole life. So consistency is like one of my favorite words because I feel like I lack it at times. Um, But I think, think about your, and write these down. I think it's good to write down, like, what are the things that you know that make you feel your healthiest or that you know you're getting your most nutrition in? Like, is it your sleep? Like maybe you said, I call them good alarms, like a good alarm. Usually we think of alarms like to wake us up abruptly, but like a good alarm I set at night to like start my bedtime routine. So like knowing that you're getting enough sleep, maybe it's enough water. Thinking about ways that help you be more accountable to the things that you want to accomplish. So whether that be, I'm going to have three servings of vegetables every single day, and then you have it at breakfast, you know what I mean? Or maybe you do that together with someone on your social media for yourself in your notebook, in your MyFitnessPal app, whatever it might be that makes the most sense for you, but also giving yourself, again, leeway and grace to enjoy some of your foods that you really love. I tell my patients, I ask them like, what's your favorite food? And then they always begrudgingly tell me whatever cake. I don't know. I love cupcakes. And then I say to them, if I told you, you could have never have cupcakes again, one, you would hate me Two, this conversation is already over. So like, how, how do we figure it out? How do we make, maybe if you love cupcakes so much, we figure out a recipe that has more nutrients inside that cupcake. Maybe if you know, are you an out of sight, out of mind person? Meaning like, if it's not, this is my husband with ice cream. If it's not in the house, then we're doing okay. If it's in the house, he'll eat. I will see him on the couch with the tub. Um. <laughs> mine's, mine's pizza. I can't live with like, everyone who knows me knows I'm obsessed with pizza. Yeah, <laughs> but pizza also can be really nutrient dense. Do you know what I mean? There's so many ways you can make it and enjoy it. I love pizza too. I love all things. So, or is it like, um, I have to have a little or a taste so then I'm not constantly thinking about it. Like knowing, I always tell people do research on yourself because I can tell you a lot of different things that works has worked for some of my patients that have worked via textbook that work, you know, based on research. But like, if you do the research on yourself, tap into that, then you're going to know like, what are things that trigger you? What are things that, you know, if I don't drink my water, I'm a hot mess. And then I'm backed up and I feel terrible and I'm not getting rid of those toxins out of my body, you know, whatever it might be. 
also breathing and meditation, I want to say is exercise, because if you're taking those, those yoga type breaths, you do release a lot of toxins. I didn't, I never knew that, but I'm glad you told me because now I feel like I'm exercising when I do those breath activities. Well, and also with yoga, you actually help realign your entire system. So like you like go regular chiropractor, you could probably do yoga and avoid having to go as regularly as you once did. It actually helps me a lot during the pandemic where I used to go for massages every two weeks because my body would just hurt. And I started doing yoga to stretch myself out and realize that that worked just as well. And it, it's way cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I feel like, like the number one thing I take from what you just said is that there's no one size fits all answer to people. And I love just the different way of thinking about problem solving for your own self-care. Um, you know, I love cupcakes, but I, I love to have zucchini bread too. So I love that you're like, well, what can you put in that to be healthy? And it's just a more creative way of thinking about things. And I feel like a lot of times you fall off the wagon because you are so rigid and you're not thinking about ways that this new lifestyle fits with your lifestyle. Um, so I feel like number one, that is the best takeaway from this entire conversation. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And I would say like to play off of words, like to fall off the wagon, maybe sometimes you want to walk and not be on the wagon when it comes to like, when we, when we're talking about nutrition and exercise, and I would say too, Moss, I keep thinking of different things from what you said. Oftentimes Jill knows this. Like in this house, we like dance party and that's a workout. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone gets to be the DJ four songs in sometimes the dog, Bruno, we pretend pick him a song. So then it's five songs. Now you've really like busted a move for like a good gosh. I don't know. It could be like 20 minutes. And you're like, wow, like that was fun. We picked songs. We were DJs. We dance partied it up. And now maybe I don't have to go for a, I don't run, but workout today. You just created a memory. A memory and it's um yeah, I mean it's community, right? Building community, building relationships. Yeah. Um and I feel like you know, those activities are always more fun to do with people. So I love that. Totally. Um I think I was going to add one solution here, Moss. Um I was recently listening to some interviews with Ariana Huffington who I think everybody kind of knows her her thing is sleep and um, getting enough sleep. So it fits perfectly with this, but she has a new book coming out, which also um, kind of helps with setting boundaries um, and giving yourself 60 to 90 seconds of no phone time when you wake up, which I realized I roll over and pick up my phone. I don't even get out of bed and I'm picking up my phone. And when I read that, I was like, oh, okay, this is a problem. No, I'm not checking Teams or my email until I brush my teeth. <laughs> um, so I thought that was a great tip too. Um, Moss, do you have any you wanted to share? No, I think we've been talking about them. Um, I've loved the conversation, Grace, and thank you so much for your expertise. Everything from dieting to dance parties. Um, I'm definitely going to take note of that. Any parting words for, for our listeners? Yeah, um, I just wanted to piggyback off of what Shell just said. We have, a, we have a drawer in our house. So at the end of a workday, my phones go in there until the kids go to bed usually. It's not always perfect. And I don't um, keep my phone. And this is, well, this has probably been a couple of years now, but I have an old school alarm clock. 
and the phones charge in a different room for some of those reasons. Cause same, cause it's so becomes so habitual to go in to like, just start scrolling. And I'm like, what am I doing? What, why? Like, Oh, I need it for my alarm. No, you don't go buy an alarm clock. Grace, not you, but for me. <laughs> no, I'm a grace. I'm going to do that. Thank you for that's a good rule. Yeah. And then the drawer, like that's for anyone. Like I do it more to be present with the kids and I having those um, present moments. And I love, I, I, I always, uh, we practice one like gratitude thing usually at in the beginning or the end of the day, it depends on the mood and the time frame. but like to tie back into what Moss was saying earlier, but yeah, because it does, you feel free from that as I open and close my drawer to put that away and not feel tied to it. Go away phone. I love that. And I think part of, I think part of the issue these days is you're bombarded from information from so many different things. So you're right. Staying present sometimes can be an activity all in of itself, right? Like let me put everything away and just focus on this moment. And um, I think we can all get better at that. So that's a great tip, Grace. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. Um, I just wanted to say thank you as well. I really enjoyed this conversation and self-care, setting boundaries, making good choices for you and your lifestyle. All of that is so important to um, the reason we started this podcast. So I, I appreciate your time and your thoughts. Thank you so much for having me. And I would say, since my name is Grace, offer yourself grace, be kind to yourself, be grateful for everything that your body does and thank it in a way that makes it feel its best. And again, that can look different for every single person. But tap in, do the research on your own body, mental health, physical health, and your state of mind to feel your best, not necessarily have to always look a certain way. Social media, be gone with that too. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thanks, ladies. Let's hop into the inspiration section real quick. Um, Grace talked about a few different kinds of self-care beyond the standard like bubble bath and wine glass but it can be really difficult to identify what being kind to yourself means in the moment. So I wanna bring in an article from The Atlantic about kind of the consumerist creep of the self-care industry and how easy it can be to just swipe your credit card and say that that's self-care. Taking care of yourself doesn't always mean spending money or going out and buying the, the latest treat yourself item on your wish list. Even if you have Instagram commercials, ads, friends telling you that you deserve this super indulgent or expensive item, sometimes it just means taking a walk. It means nourishing your body more effectively. It means going to sleep at a reasonable hour. So just taking a step back and reevaluating, am I taking care of myself or am I just spending money to make myself feel better? I also want to recommend uh, Carolyn Dooner's book, The Fuck It Diet which is just such a phenomenal resource for women who want to figure out how to be kinder to their bodies. I know it says the word diet in the title. It's not a diet book. It's not a lifestyle diet book either. It's fuck diets and the damage that they do. And it, it really dives deep into just these industries that are worth $60 billion, more than $60 billion, that just prey on insecurity. We're talking diet industries, like faux wellness industries, all of the crazy colorful proteins that you see in Target. Like they're all 
emphasizing insecurities and preying on that to make money. And it really, when I read this book and I follow her on Instagram as well, she does a really good job of being very blunt and straightforward. But this book really made me step back when I'm feeling down about my body or my appearance and ask myself, okay, who's making a profit off this feeling right now? Who's incentivized to make me feel this way? Is this how I actually feel or is it how I'm being told to feel? So we'll, I'll link both the book and her Instagram in the blog and in the show notes. Um, but it was just a really valuable resource to reset and think about food as being kind to your body rather than um, attempting to make it look a certain way. Awesome. Thanks, Caitlin. Um, and thank you for joining us, Grace. It was great to have you on our uh, podcast today. As always, we'll link all of the resources mentioned in today's episode on our website at www.weareoverworked.com. To our listeners at home, we want to hear from you. If you'd like to share any comments, questions, feedback, etc., you can follow and tag us on Instagram or Facebook at weareoverworked or at woverworked on Twitter. And please join us next week when we have a really great episode talking about mental health with our special guest, Topeka Mystery. Uh, And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to get notified when we release our newest episodes.